Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results on your ACT in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Philip McCaffrey from 3R Prep with us. And uh, Phil, if you could just give a little bit about your background and your company, that'd be great. Well, hi, Tyler. I'm a SAT and ACT test prep professional and mm-hmm. got into it kind of serendipitously. And I started working 30 years ago for the Princeton Review doing graduate tests. And mm-hmm. I'm a math tutor. So I used to tutor students for fun. And students asked me to do the SAT and the ACT. And I had so much fun and so many students that about 15 years ago, I just started doing it full time. So about for the past 15 years, all I've done is meet with high school juniors and get them ready for college. Fantastic. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things that's sort of on the mind of college students today, particularly the freshmen and sophomores, is the new digital SAT. Um, So... When does the new digital SAT come out? And let's just kind of talk through the basics. So the digital SAT is ready to roll and international students outside of the United States will take it in March of 2023. For for sophomores and juniors in the United States, they'll take a digital PSAT if their school offers that in October of 2023. And then the rollout nationally is in the United States is March 2024. Right. Yeah. And so that's where those those juniors and uh, or sorry, the juniors and seniors today in 2022 are, are, are going to be able to not worry about this. But the, the freshmen and sophomores is coming up. Well, freshmen will have no choice. They'll have to take the digital SAT. Current sophomores, yeah. current sophomores will be able to take either a paper-based SAT or the digital, depending on when they take it. Yeah, I have some some of the people I've talked to about this have actually recommended people take both. Um, I agree. Yeah, with I agree with that. What does it hurt? Yeah, exactly. And and if the scoring's a little weird, you can super score and potentially get a really good score. <laughs> uh, yeah. Though I think there's some advantages to the digital SAT, so there's going to be a lot of students who benefit from taking that. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So what do you feel like the benefits are of the new digital SAT? Well, the first there's – there's a couple. Uh, the first one that is kind of funny is they came up with this really stupid no calculator section in the digital age when people are walking around with a calculator in their pocket. So – um, you graduated from CMU when I was already tutoring, but back when I was admitted to CMU, you had to do math by hand and right. you, only, you only got a calculator in certain classes. But when I went to college, uh, I went and studied engineering at Penn state. They allowed a calculator in every single class. And I went in 1982. So for the SAT to roll out in 2016, a no calculator section, where students are literally carrying a smartphone with them at all times and have access to a calculator. I mean, I'm teaching a high school class right now, Tyler, and my students don't have calculators with them. They usually they use their phones. I mean, only only the pre-calculus students have a TI-84. All the rest of the normal students just use their phone. 
So the new digital SAT will have a calculator built into it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that calculator, if you're familiar with it, is called Desmos. It's a website. It's an app. Mm-hmm. It's an app on a website, and it's really, really robust. So students who are familiar with Desmos will have a leg up because it's built into the SAT. You're still allowed. To, you're still allowed to bring a calculator. So most students will be familiar with their own calculator versus the Desmos. But if your teacher is savvy and you're doing some graphing in class, the Desmos calculator certainly has its advantages. So that's that's to me uh, a huge one on the math section. Yeah, I didn't know. I also, I'm just not familiar with that that specific calculator. Um, it sounds like it's actually got some functionality beyond just like the basics that you have in your phone calculator. It can solve um, equations. Is, right. I mean, and it can solve them and graph them. They give you a numerical answer and a graphical answer. So if you're savvy on graphing, you can do pretty well on the SAT. Though what I found in my 30 years of working with students is the students who are really savvy with the calculator don't need it. And the, right. stu- the students who need the calculator aren't savvy with it. So it's, it's, there's going to be a very small Venn diagram where students, you know, the, the overlapping sections where students will benefit from the Desmos. That'll be a very niche population. Out, out where you are um, in, in the Silicon Valley, the students who are trying to get into MIT they will definitely benefit from it because as you know, the M- MIT is requiring the SAT. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, so then what, when it comes to the new digital SAT, I mean, it's good that they brought the calculator back, uh, but what are the other major changes that you're thinking students should be aware of? Well, the, the biggest change, the biggest change is taking it on a device versus paper. Um, mm. So you, the three devices that you can use are a laptop, a tablet, or a school-issued Chromebook. If you have your own Chromebook, mm. it has to have a school domain to to be used. Uh, so th- that's the, the biggest difference is you're going to n- not be able to write on the problem because it'll be on a screen. And you'll take it on your device and you'll enter your answers on the software. and Right it will be able to be scored relatively quickly. They have the ability to score it right away. They're not going to release scores to students immediately after the test, but they're promising within days. So when you talk about also, um, you know, you're not allowed to write anymore. Do you still get scratch paper? They do. Something like that. They do. They, they, they will provide you with scratch paper uh, and you don't have to use a number two wooden pencil, which up to this point, the SAT has required that you use a wooden pencil, not a mechanical pencil. So students can use a pen or a mechanical pencil on scrap paper and do their do their doodling and work. But um, you can't underline anything. You can't notate, you know, and you click on the bubble. So there's some test taking strategies that students use writing and annotating on their test that they won't be able to though. I do believe it comes with a highlighter on screen. So, Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, that's helpful, but maybe it's not as tactile as doing it by hand. Correct. And as you know, you're big into the neuroprocessing field. Tactile test taking is uh, advantageous because it, it links to, to other neurological connectors. 
and the synapses that fire when you're tactile taking it are a little bit different than just your visual prompt looking at a screen. So you're not utilizing your whole neurological network, which is very important in test taking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, I, most of the world has moved to digital testing. So I don't think digital testing is significantly like worse or harder than paper testing, but it will definitely be different. I, I think it's good for this generation because they grew up with screen time. They don't know a time mm-hmm. uh, without a smartphone or a, a tablet or an iPad. And they certainly, right. and, and schools have certainly gone to things like I teach at a high school and we use Google, mm-hmm. Google Classroom or schools use uh, software called Schoology, if you're familiar. So teachers are uploading everything digitally. Students are reading on PDFs. So this generation is used to it. Uh, so there won't be uh, that big of a problem uh, of students taking it. The other big change is the reading is going to be much shorter. So the passages are going to be short and they'll fit on the screen. So you'll have the entire passage and the question based on the passage in front of you. So there won't be any flipping back of the paper in any of the long reading passages. Right. I feel like that's probably a good thing, right? Like just because the long reading passages uh, were a pretty tricky part of the old test. Do you agree? I agree. I also think that it fits in with this generation who's used to reading very short passages. Uh, They're used to Mm. reading memes and (laughs) a student, I had an international student today ask me what a meme was. And I I drew a blank that he didn't, he didn't know the English word meme. Yeah. I'm giving a test and I said, if you make a meme of the high school, you pass the test. And this Mexican student asked me what a meme was. But the students are used to reading on their phone. So everything is shorter. I mean, very few students mm-hmm. read the New York Times. And even even I read the New York Times on my phone. I don't even get it paper anymore. So I, I digitally subscribe to it. So what you're going to get is these condensed uh, passages. And it's going to be a throwback. So the one thing they're doing is sentence completion, but going back to having vocabulary words fill in a blank. So mm, okay. the reading is 27 questions long per section, two sections, each 27 questions. The SAT will count 25 of them. So two of the questions don't count for your score. They are SAT testing questions. Which in the mm. old, which is in the old days, if you've ever heard this word, they used to be called equivalency questions. Where they interesting, okay. Where they took questions off of other tests to see how students did, and they also pre-test questions. So the SAT that's sitting in front of you on your device won't necessarily be the same one that the student sitting next to you. So they're going to have different versions of the test and in different orders. So it's going to really reduce um, cheating, which has been a big problem for the SAT, particularly internationally. So a a paper-based test. So in some countries, the paper-based test has to be shipped out months in advance. And they they store them in a school safe. Well, some nefarious people have taken copies of those and passed them out to the students. And right. So with the digital SAT, when you log in at the testing site, 
your app will download your test and the teacher will never see it. So the school never touches the test anymore. So it eliminates... Which is probably just better in general for the long term too, right? Oh, schools hate holding onto those tests and shipping them. I don't know if you saw on the news just last month, a UPS truck lost... Or it was a FedEx or UPS. And one of the one of the shipping services, a carrier, lost SAT test. It fell out of the back of the truck. Oh boy! So the students who and took it, the test, they're 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 out of luck. Yeah, that's uh, that's. <laughs> I feel really bad for them. I also, in general, um, yeah, this is why you know saving the cloud is a good thing, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> the, the upside of the digital for sure. And so you have to take your device and download the app. So whether you have an mm. iPad or a, a laptop, the SAT is calling the app Blue Book, like Blue Books. Did, did you take Blue Book exams in college? Did you remember what a Blue Book is? I actually didn't. I'm pretty sure. So when I was in college, there was a thing called a Blue Book. You went to the bookstore and you literally bought the paper you wrote your answers for on a test. And it was a Blue Book exam. So the professor passed out the test and you wrote it on the blue book and then he collected the test and he graded your blue book. So right. SAT is throwing back to blue book and that's the, that's the name of the app. So you go on to collegeboard.org, download the blue book app to your device. When your device connects to the internet, the entire test gets loaded on it in seconds. So it's a very, very short because it's only a text-based file, as you know, so it's pretty small with a few graphics. And then you don't have to be connected to the internet the rest of the time taking the test. It's loaded into the RAM of your device. Oh, that's good. And then obviously you need to connect to the internet to submit your scores at the end. At but the I end, figured the school will be taking care of that. But the uh, college board is saying that's less than five seconds of connectivity. So you only have to upload for a couple of seconds. So there are they're not taking your test back. They're only taking your bubbled answers back. So they take the test the test form, which is a digital code, and your bubbled answers, and they take that back and they say that it takes less than five seconds to upload it. So if you have connectivity issues while you're taking the test, it won't affect you. Great. And then um, what else would you want to tell students about the new digital SAT to get them ready for this? It's shorter. It's only going to be two hours long. And there are practice test questions, practice tests, and PDFs available on College Board right now. So they have four digital practice tests available that you can practice and four PDFs. Now, the difference between the digital and the PDF is that it's not adaptive. So let's go back to that. The test is section adaptive. So there are two reading mm -hmm. sections and two math sections. You'll take your reading section, reading, writing, and you'll take your math section. And then based on how you do, you will either get a harder section or an easier section. If you get a harder section, you'll get a higher score. If you get an easier section, you'll be uh, score will be lowered. You can't get a perfect. So it's section adaptive. So when you download, you're actually downloading three sections of the test, which you'll be taking two of them. Right. And then um, as far as that like section adaptive component of it, 
Do you feel like that changes the strategy for students preparing for the test at all? Only for the really, really high-end kids would I worry about it. The rest of the students won't see a difference. They won't really recognize a difference because the key thing in taking a standardized test is you only have to meet your goal. So you, right. you know, you, you and I were talking about students in the Silicon Valley. Their goals are very lofty, and they're in math competitions, and they're aiming for Stanford. Right. That's a very high-end student who could tell the difference between a question. But a very normal student on, on the normal distribution curve, somebody who's in plus or minus one standard deviation, they're not going to see a difference because they're not going to answer those questions. They're not going to be able mm -hmm. to answer those questions. So the, the material isn't hard. It's just like the GRE. The material isn't hard. It's tricky. So it's testing your process of thinking and how you deconstruct a puzzle more than your underlying math skills. Right. And I mean, I think the other piece of it, too, you're talking about, um, <clears throat> you're talking about how most students won't see it. I think that the other piece of it, too, is that most, um, is that the, for the majority of students, if your goal is not to get a 1600, um, you know, it used to be that you would just, you would get all the problems in the math section, right? Um, there was a set of problems in the math section and you would get them. And now maybe the more difficult problems you might just never see. Like if your goal score is like a 1400, you might just not, if you don't get the hard section, you might actually not necessarily ever see like some of the hardest types of problems. So you really, it just, to me, I feel like it just, really re-emphasizes like focusing on the basics. I agree. Doing the basics really well. Yeah, doing the basics very well. Like I'm interested in your software, which staggers the memory. Because mm -hmm. what happens, Tyler, when you look at a math problem is if you can identify the key word in your memory, it triggers the neurological process that you practice doing it over and over again and will flow out, which is also important to write your math problems down, to have that tactile sense, because that triggers the memory as well. So different, two different parts of your brain are doing it. And if you can mumble, mm -hmm. mumble a little bit, you're not allowed to talk during the test. But if you talked, you create the word sound in your mind. So think of the word sound, touch the problem, see it. These are all neurological processes that I'm sure your software times very well i'm really interested in that I, I i know i'm not supposed to plug your software but i get to you, you <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to plug your software but i'm really interested in it it sounds fun yeah no thank you appreciate that yeah i think um just in general too with vocab i think just like it you know whenever there's vocab you go back to kind of needing to memorize stuff a little bit yes and the vocabulary that they're they're having it's it's vocabulary and context so they're giving mm -hmm. big big context clues. Well, they always did. You just had to know these strange words. Um, right. But but now they're normal words with multiple definitions. So you have to know strange uses of words and the context clues. So it still rewards a student who reads outside of the classroom. That's the one thing that the SAT, the ACT, and the GRE do really well is they can help determine who actually reads and who doesn't. They sort it out. 
there's very few students who don't read outside of the classroom that can get over that second standard deviation. Very, very few. And you just can't teach reading to a 17-year-old and make up the time of spending the last 11 years reading books, even starting with Dr. Seuss. Right. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think also I prefer the structure of, you know, vocab that's maybe less crazy words, but with more like, you know, usage based because I've always found it silly, like uh, when a test like the GRE does this for sure has vocabulary words that are, you know, five dollar words that you've never seen in your life. And you're, you know, trying to go to grad school for an English lit major, right? Like, and you're, and you're like, what the heck is this, <laughs> right? There's, there's some crazy words on there. And as much as it's like a sort of a novel thing to learn, it's not at nearly as practical as the way the SAT is doing it. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. You know, we were talking about memory and your, your software is big on memorization. About 10 years ago, I had a student who was a high achiever and it's right when Quizlet came out. And yeah, Quizlet's great. She made 13,000 Quizlets for vocabulary words. 13,000. Wow. I, I mean, and so I finally had to ask her. She was sharing. Quizlet must have loved her. Well, she <laughs> she would go to Panera and work until they closed. And then go home and sleep like four hours. So she would sit there and make these Quizlets. And my other students were using them. But one of them came in and they were like 13,000. I mean, I don't know where she got the vocabulary list from. I mean, 13,000. She made, she typed, she typed them all. She made them That's herself. That's crazy. I mean, good, like, you know, God bless her, right? Like some of <laughs> their students still benefiting from her work today, probably. Oh, but. it's still out there online. And, and I'm a big fan of the Quizlet app because it's flashcards right on your phone. So you could be studying all the time you know, little, right. little bits of time. Like we talked about it briefly is little bits of time done sequentially over a period of time really builds a strong memory. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm curious then when we come back to sort of the digital SAT, is there anything else that you'd recommend for students um, or just anything else you want to say about the transition? I think the transition is going to be pretty good, Tyler. Schools are used mm -hmm. to students being on devices. Schools are wired for Wi-Fi. So I don't think that's going to be a major problem, though I think we'll see a few. Um, and like there will be a down internet on, on, on campus and students won't be able to connect. And what happens then? Right. You know, what happens then? But, yeah. That, go ahead. That's, that'll be a fun. That, there will be at least one of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll probably make the news. But, but, but what, in reality, the majority of it will go off without a hitch. But what they'll be able to do is make it up. So uh, it's going to increase a lot of flexibilities. Schools are going to be able to offer the SAT uh, on, on off days during the school day. I think you're going to see a lot more school testing for those schools that, that back the SAT. And in states like Florida and Georgia, where the SAT is still used heavily, for state-based scholarships, you're gonna you're gonna see that. So I think like Florida schools will be giving the the SAT. But the key thing I think for students, particularly freshmen, is to practice and to download the questions and do it like we we're talking about, little at a time, multiple times over an extended period, 
to build those memories of things like linear functions and quadratics that are high school math topics, as well as the vocabulary. And then read. Yeah. You know, my biggest thing to my students is read the New York Times, read an article daily. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And I think just regardless of which SAT you're preparing for, it's good advice. But I think that, like you said, the digital SAT probably won't actually be that different. Probably not as scary as it looks. I don't think so. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I think the students will benefit. I like that it has a calculator. I like that the passages mm -hmm. are shorter. I like that the test is shorter. And like I said, the students are used to devices, so they're they're going to be fine. They're 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 not going to have any uh, adaptability issues since they're all using devices every day. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Great. Well, thank you. This is Ben Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Phil McCaffrey from 3R Prep. You can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me, and you can use the code podcast to get 10% off if you like it.